0: Beautiful Ashland, Oregon. I am the Adian Emissary of Life, Caroline Raw. Thank you all for joining me today. Welcome to Spirit of the Dawn. I'll be turning 60 next month, and as I sow the seeds for what I'll be doing over the next 60 years, I'm also reflecting back on how I spent the first 60. From age 30 till very recently, my life was focused on parenthood. I loved every second of raising my three now adult children. It was more amazing than I ever could have imagined. But there were certainly times when I did not know what I was doing, lost my sense of self along the way, and could have parented more consciously. When I received the book written by my guest today, I could not put it down. Anna Carriott Barrett has written the book I would have kept by my bedside during those parenting years for its wisdom, guidance, and support. Anna shares with us in shamanic wisdom for pregnancy and parenthood, practices to embrace the transformative power of becoming a parent, a deeper, more conscious way to experience those magical years focused on the co-creative nature of parenting and their tremendous personal transformation we experience. Always inclusive of all roads that lead to parenthood, Anna weaves her own personal stories and those of others with wisdom surrounding each of the stages of becoming a parent, and exercises to guide the reader through those stages. Anna is a psycho-spiritual counselor, shamanic minister, and teacher with degrees in shamanic, psycho-spiritual studies, marriage and family therapy, and family social science. She has previously co-authored Sacred Medicine of Bee, Butterfly, Earthworm, and Spider. I am delighted to welcome Anna Carey to Spirit of the Dawn. Anna, thank you so much for joining with us today.
1: Thanks, Caroline. It's really great to be with you.
0: Well, congratulations on this amazing book that you have created. It's a very comprehensive and conscious book on the subject of pregnancy. How long did it take you to birth the book?
1: Well, somewhat ironically, about nine months to write. (laughs) It definitely felt like one of my babies, for sure. And um, the process of creating a proposal and doing all that took much longer. But I worked with my publisher and said, as I'm parenting here and trying to do that consciously, I'm gonna need some more time to write this draft. And so it ended up being about nine months as I tried to balance being mom and being an author. And so, yeah, it arrived here just at the beginning of 2017.
0: That's fantastic. Um, Psycho-spiritual counselor, can you
1: explain that approach to helping others? What does that encompass? Sure, well, you know, I use the term psycho-spiritual because I'm trying to encompass a lot. And um, and so to me that's really whole person counseling, and so it's taking mind, body, spirit, heart, all those pieces into account. And I work from a shamanic perspective, and so that means a number of different things. But it's about really being present in the human experience, so that we can really tune into our divinity in the body and learn and really embrace the wisdom of the human life cycle, and to find all of who we are and understand those initiatory cycles that we go through in the human journey. And so psychospiritual to me helps find that marriage between what's going on in the brain, what's going on in terms of cognitive process, but also in terms of the body, the heart, the spirit, and, you know, the entire life journey.
0: It's very holistic, whole, encompassing everything on many levels that a lot of people haven't thought about, but are awakening to. Uh, So you have two children and a wonderful partner in your husband, but it wasn't always that way. You went through the experience of having a miscarriage. You needed to go through the process of becoming a mother and also learning to co-parent. What has that process been like for you on your journey?
1: Oh, that's a big question that really encompasses a lot of different parts of my journey for sure. Um, You know, a big part of being called to write this book. I come from a marriage and family therapy and family social science background, but a big part of really wanting to write this was from my personal lived experience. And so that included my first pregnancy, which I lost in a miscarriage and then going through a time of infertility um, before I became pregnant with my first child. And so that really, you know, on a very immediate physical and heart level brought a lot of these themes home to me. And So that's a big part of where the book really comes from. In terms of the story of kind of becoming a parent and welcoming my children into the world, I have um, a sweet little three-year-old boy and a just about nine-month-old little girl. So they are having so much fun together, and it's such a delight to watch them interact and guide them every day as a mom as well.
0: Let's talk a little bit more about your miscarriage because that's something that a lot of women do experience on the journey to becoming a parent or even in between children Um, and yours was not at the At the very beginning, it was kind of after 10 weeks. Is that 10 weeks or 10 weeks?
1: It was about 10 or 11 weeks, yeah. So, you know, the baby and I had been together for over two months. And, you know, when a baby's in your body, it's moment by moment you're bonding. And it's such a deep weaving of getting to know someone on the deepest levels. And so it feels time, you know, for for moms that experience miscarriage and for for dads and partners and families, that, that bonding is happening Outside of whether it's just a few weeks or a few months, it's such a deep level of bonding and connection that it's a really big grief. I've experienced uh, quite a bit of loss in my life, but that's one of my deepest griefs, holding that dream and holding that sweet baby within my body and then losing that pregnancy and losing that baby and not being able to do anything about it and to have to surrender and let go when I very much wanted to hold on. Um, And so it's such an, it's such an invisible thing that I'm happy that I feel like in the past couple of years, we're starting to hear a lot more about rainbow babies and moms and dads and partners opening up about this loss that's been so invisible and has had a lot of shame around it. And, you know, there's a lot of things. And I think a lot of people just don't know how to react or don't know what to say when it's such a um, a vulnerable internal experience of loss. And so our, our support communities often don't know how to support around that. So I'm really, I'm pleased to see so much growing in awareness about that these days. Um, but for me, I didn't in my life start hearing about other people's miscarriages, and so I had one of my own and then suddenly almost everyone in my life started sharing stories of loss with me and so I've chosen to be really open with my story and my husband has as well. um it's also a very invisible loss for dads too you know grieving a miscarriage or stillbirth and um, so we've tried to be really open with our community around it because we gained so much from learning what a Natural and normal part of the creative process. Miscarriage and loss, loss is, and I wish that we explained that to parents um, in a way that helps. You know, I call it kind of the lost teacher of creation. You know, it's it's something that's really significant, but we treat it as if it's something that's it's such an outlier that it couldn't happen and it it's really it's really often a part of the process, and so I think when we normalize it in that way, it really helps um, parents emotionally prepare for that possibility and widen their capacity to hold space for all those outcomes. Because when we create, we really need to hold a safe, sacred container for all the different possibilities and outcomes of the creative process, and 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 to also. Understand that we can move through that and that there's nothing necessarily wrong with the parents or the baby or anything It's just this is a part of the creative cycle that can happen and we can move into that creative cycle again having learned Deeply through that experience
0: So it's actually added to your value to others and helping them through their journeys Absolutely. Yeah now Let's talk about co-parenting. Some people choose to co-parent. Most of us do. Um, co-parenting is not really that easy. You're bringing all your stuff and all their stuff. And <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you know, I only know basically from my experience or my parents' experience, but you know so many people who, who have gone through this.
1: What is co-parenting? Let's, let's figure that out first. Well, I think that co-parenting is something that parents really figure out together and it's really different for every couple. But I think the key part of thinking about the co-parenting relationship is realizing that, huh, let's try to do this consciously together. And so, you know, that means that parents can hopefully have discussions around how do we want to handle different division of labor? How, you know, what are my beliefs and attitudes around how I want to consciously raise a child. What does that look like? And a really big piece in my work with parents is around, you know, what am I bringing in from my family of origin? What, what am I bringing in personal patterns, wounds, things that what I find is that, you know, fertility, pregnancy, birth, postpartum parenting, all these things have the capacity as a really normal part of it to trigger our deepest learning and healing. And so when we bring that in the process and say, you know, I'm in a pregnancy process or I'm in a parenting process, and these things are really coming up in a natural way, we can deal with them. And we can also work with our partners so that we support one another in that parenting and also are heard about some of our deeper stories that are coming up. And so when we bring that piece into the co-parenting relationship, it really supports positive parenting, but also a deepening and a connection and a support between the couple.
0: Well, um, when we first uh, have our first child, we, we begin to process our own childhood in a very deep way. I know I experienced that. And I had to revisit my childhood, my parents' style of parenting, pretty much everything that ever happened to me so that I could gain wisdom from it and also make decisions on what kind of parent I wanted to be. Um, and that evolves as the years go on also. But um, that's very painful time. It's very, very painful. No matter how unbelievably wonderful our childhoods were, it's
1: painful to revisit them. Let's address that a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, a big part of why I work from with a shamanic lens or shamanic perspective is embracing um, kind of the, the shadow teachers. There's a lot of different names we can put on that, but the difficult, the challenging parts of human experience. And I find that a lot of folks uh, don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole. And so we spend a lot of our time distancing ourselves often with addictive behaviors staying away from the void staying away from triggering emotions and trying not to touch that because when we don't consciously dance with that part of ourselves it feels it sounds like a worst case scenario that we could never face but then what happens is we spend so much of our energy avoiding and when we begin to open into um what's really there? What are some of the deeper levels within my psyche? What are some of the the traumas and the stories and the experiences that are bubbling up? And the thing is when they bubble up and we work with them consciously, they can turn into transformation and growth and healing when we, they're still going to bubble up whether we want to deal with them or not. And they can come out sideways or come out in our parenting, or our relationships or in addictive behaviors in a really dysfunctional way. It's still going to come up. And Parenting really naturally brings up a lot of, you know, definitely true for me, for sure, really brings up everything that needs to be healed and addressed and looked at really for our highest good and also for our children's highest good. Um, and so in my work, I, as much as we can, you know, it's not that we need to hang out in some of the, that dark density and dysfunction, but when we begin a conscious relationship with it, we realize that um, that it's not the worst case scenario, that it's really a teacher and that we're really kind of digging for gold in that darkness for ourselves. And we can create a living relationship with all the parts of our psyche instead of trying to avoid all these, what we think of as landmines kind of within. We can transform them and we gain so much more energy and, and life force in our lives when we have that conscious partnership with the parts of ourselves that are coming forward to heal and transform. I'm finding in, in reading your book, even though my, my parenting
0: years are over, I'm still birthing myself. I'm still transforming and birthing myself, and I felt that your book was even helpful to people who are you know, starting the next phase of life. Um, it's really a life book, and pregnancy is part of that. It's almost like pregnancy is the, um, the backdrop for the book about life. Mm -hmm. uh, in in your book. And, um, I found a lot of wisdom in it that I could go back and see what I had done and add wisdom to that experience and, and learn more from it and now bring wisdom to where I'm going. Um, what is an authentic parent? I know you talk about not being a perfect parent, but bringing balance to life and to being authentic parent. I would love to know more about that. Sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, that term for me really gives parents space to be who they are. And when we stop making the goal around perfection, which is just really impossible in parenting whatsoever, because that's not the goal and it shouldn't be. It's this, you know, it's kind of a false standard that society or that we often hold up for ourselves um, that we're never going to get to. And it's really not the goal. And so I try to shift the awareness to let's tune into what's really true in my heart. You know, what's, what's authentic to my essence as a parent, to what my goals are, to to the truth of who I am as a being. And so that becomes the goal. And then when I step into as a parent, that place of authenticity, I also then open up into how am I being accountable to my own integrity as a parent, kind of my, a path of spiritual sobriety. My teacher Linda starolf talks about kind of spiritual sobriety and, um, looking at that day-by-day relationship with myself and with spirit where am I in alignment with my integrity and where am I not and so I can feel when I'm not really in alignment with myself and and as with parenting especially with I have you know a baby and a toddler right now that's an active day-by-day discussion with myself not about shaming myself and but looking at You know, when I was in the moment in that situation, I didn't handle that the way that I really wanted to, or wow, I was really getting triggered there. What was that about? And try to find that space to look at that and say, next time, how am I making some shifts around that? And so um, that place of being an authentic parent helps me express all of my unique creativity as a parent, but also brings me home to myself about how I want to parent consciously. Um,
0: Thank you for that answer. Anna? I uh, totally lost myself in raising my kids. I lost who I was and the potential of what I could be doing in my life. Uh, I homeschooled my kids. I nursed them for a thousand years. And I absolutely loved that style of parenting. And I wish I'd thrown in the me. How do we add the me back to the whole,
1: the whole uh, experience? Well, that's where your experience is really, you know, fantastic that you're sharing that because that's kind of the beginning is to realize, oh, the me is not present right now. And, what you know, we shift into absolutely loving these these babies and kids and caring for them and often even in postpartum right when we've just gone through a huge seismic experience of birth and we're doing our own healing our focus immediately becomes caring for these children because there's a deep part of us that's I mean that's the level of commitment that we have but that kind of martyr attitude or sacrificial attitude that can come be the kind of the unhealthy reflection of that is really natural but we need to stop just like you're saying and say where's the me in all this and so I talk about how in the book about how sacred purpose evolves in parenting and how it integrates the parenthood path, but we still, as we move through that window of rapidly learning how to parent and doing all of these kind of key experiences where our focus is normally just going to really be on these small children, um, that that's Perfectly wonderful, and yet we get to that place where we kind of start I call it kind of coming out of the cave. I'm coming. I'm right now coming out of the baby cave again, and saying, looking around, saying, "Oh, it's springtime. Okay, <laughs> you know." And also in terms of myself too, like, where are the the daffodils or the or the spring flowers that want to start blooming through my being again? As I as I bring that intense focus as a part of who I am, and remember what are, what are some of the the latent or the parts of my being that have been on hold. Um, and I also think, you know, for me personally, a core challenge in parenting is when I am attending emotionally to other beings needs, um, and I'm giving and I'm focused on them and I'm working with my own stress and my own physical energy. The first things that go for me as a, as a person are my intuition, my connection to spirit, um, and my own emotional process. And so you know, I just, I shut down from that. I think that's a really normal thing. And so when I do have a moment of quiet, even if I'm just driving in the car, listening to music, all of a sudden I will feel that connection coming back in, but also all of those emotions coming to the surface. And it's not that I'm, you know, having those big feelings in the moment, but they're all still there. We're just attending to others' needs. And so as much as we can of building those small areas of awareness back in where we can process and release the energy and the feelings and the stresses that come up because, um, you know, my sense of self, my creativity and my work, if I'm not tuned into who I am as a being, I can't do that, you know, that creative work or, or working with my, my spirit or my intuition. And so I have to attend not only to my kiddos, but also to my heart and my spirit and be, you know kind of put my airbag and the airplane on too so that I can be fully tuned into who I am and the work that I do.
0: Yes, I learned I needed to nourish myself and that was what I didn't do. I didn't nourish myself. I eventually learned to do that before they were all grown up and that was very interesting. But uh, and that came through going through divorce. Um, mm-hmm. that learning to nourish myself and putting myself first basically for the first time in many years. It was a very interesting process. Uh, let's talk about the trimesters of pregnancy, the real pregnancy aspect of things. Um, for me, that really was about picking out furniture and clothing. I really I, I really got into that aspect of it, which I think that you, you refer to in the book. A lot of people really do. It's about like, you know, that kind of visual at things that we can picture. Um, And uh, but you do, um, I wasn't as conscious then as I am now and um, but my kids were, (laughs) they were conscious and they were teaching me along the way.
1: Um, What can we learn from our baby when we're pregnant? Well, good question. And I, and I want to also kind of attend to what you were just saying around the focus on stocking the nursery and do all that because, you know, Society, that's the way we're coached by our culture and society is to pay attention to those external components and that we can pr- prepare for this deep internal initiatory process by, you know, getting getting a crib and getting diapers and doing all these things. And those practical things are important, yes, but we completely fr- forget to support parents around attending to their own personal developmental process and the emotions and the energetic shifts and the emotional things that come up phase by phase. And so that's really a passion for me in my work is supporting parents around, you know, going through fertility into pregnancy and birth and beyond um, and looking consciously at what's going on in the body, what's going on, you know, in your heart, how, how are you bonding and energetically tuning in and connecting with your baby. And so yeah, in the book, what we do is is um I go phase by phase with, you know, what are a lot of the core themes that often come up in the first trimester, second trimester, and third. And so looking at what's that human being preparation and support that we so, you know, so dearly need. And so there's lots of, I don't know if there's any examples you want to pick out that you remember, you know, from any of the trimesters, but there's kind of core core pieces that we look, you know, that I look at around, for example, when your belly is showing for the first time and you're in the grocery store and people want to come up and, you know, touch or be excited to, you know, think about your own personal boundaries, for example, and and how do you want to mediate that and what are some of the um, things that might come up, you know, for you as mama, for example, and look at how do I wanna hold boundaries and what does that look like? And so I do a lot of just exploration throughout pregnancy around um, what, are we, what are we experiencing and what comes up for, as, for moms and for dads, co-parents, birth partners along the way. Right, right.
0: Which also brings us into all the other uh, ways of becoming a parent. Um, I absolutely uh, love the subject of adoption. I think it's really special subject. Uh, I was not adopted, but it really touches my heart very deeply, uh, the idea of adoption. So I know that you work with a lot of people. and know a lot of people who have been involved with adoption. Can we talk about that whole process?
1: Yeah, you know, and the name of that chapter is Birthing Through the Heart. And so part of what I want to draw awareness to in the book around that is that, par- you know, adoptive parents are going through their own sort of um, gestation process and in, in doing all of the you know the pieces of stepping into adoption and preparing preparing their space you know being on waiting lists doing all of these different things there is the same sort of gestation and then birth and welcoming and postpartum process and all of you know in its own way a lot of very similar themes are coming up for parents around preparing the heart and, um, you know, preparing the body to nurture and preparing to hold space within the home. And so I really view that as a birthing through the heart process so that we are remembering and supporting adoptive families about their preparatory and their human being process. Um, and so, I, you know, in the book, I, I'm i not an adoptive mom. And so throughout the book, I share Um, stories from different parents, often just in their own human being process. Once again, the goal is not being perfect, but being authentic and honest and sharing that support so that, um, you know, I find that what we connect with most are stories. And so um, a, a woman named Robin shares her story in the book about actually going through a series of miscarriages before deciding to adopt and all of the really amazing synchronicities that happened in her adoptive process, but also what that meant for her own healing and personal transformation as her daughter stepped into her life. And it's just, you know, yeah. I, her story really blows me away. I,
0: w- I was crying when I read her story. Story's really beautiful. Um, yeah, the stories that you weave throughout the book, your own personal ones and those of others, really, um, I love stories, um, love love them people's personal stories I love to um for people to share their lives with me seems so special um and I love that you included so much of that in the book and so many exercises for people so it becomes a workbook also and um now this is a book for dads also so it's something that um I was gifted with two copies by the publisher and gave uh, the other one to a dad whose uh, wife is pregnant. I gave it to both of them, but a a dad who's a fan of the podcast and um, his wife was 10 weeks pregnant at the time. Now they're further along and um, for him to include him in the whole process of what's going on. So let's hear it for the dads and uh, (laughs) co-partners. and um moms and to or uh co-partnering tell us uh more about how we can add wisdom to that process and
1: consciousness yeah you know i think it's a real reflection of what we're seeing in society as we've been seeing men and dads healing themselves in the past you know couple of generations watching how their own fathers were parenting them and saying how do i want to do this in a similar way how do i want to do it differently what do i want to heal and shift within myself and so we're, i think we're seeing a lot of shifts the norm around me of a lot of you know dads of young children that i know is very active engaged co-parents absolutely um you know there's none of kind of that what you'll hear is some of the kind of the babysitting type um that language is really not existing for, for most of the fathers that I know and and am parenting around, that they are absolutely as active, as engaged as moms. And, you know, that's definitely true for me in my life throughout my, you know, in grieving miscarriage, in fertility and pregnancy and absolutely in birth and now parenting with my husband. It's just you know, my, my father was not an active part of my life growing up. And so for me, this is really one of the first times I am witnessing fathering happening within my home. And it's so beautiful to witness that. And so I've, my goal from the beginning is to, was really to empower my husband to, be be the dad he wanted to be with his own style and his own unique way of doing that and so it's a wonderful thing to witness both within my family but also what we're seeing you know in society and so you know in the book i try to i mean there's definitely a big focus on on moms and pregnancy and all of that but there's a i try to bring in as much as i can around um stories from dads and also what are some of the unique um ways that Fathers and co-parents and birth partners are holding space for the pregnancy process and, and doing that in a conscious way. And so we really kind of try to delve into um, what that looks like and provide support for dads and co-parents. There was a a
0: really wonderful story written by a stepmom writing, uh, I don't remember her name, but she wrote about how she'd always wanted to be a mom, and then she ended up being a stepmom, and it wasn't what she'd imagined, and it wasn't as uh, full and rich as she had hoped her parenting would be. Um, Does step-parenting take many different ways? Is there a lot of different ways that people step-parent, or do most step-parents end up not really being a parent?
1: Well, I think that that your language from many different ways really, you know, hits it right on the nose. Which is for one of the disservices we do to blended families and step families, is to think of them in just one way and that there's just one outcome and there's going to be, you know, just a really universal way that people feel. And so I really appreciated Rebecca's story and what she had to share because she was really honest about the vulnerable parts and the challenging parts. And so you know, especially around um, becoming a parent when you're not yet a parent yourself um, with your own children. She had a really fantastic insight into what that looked like for her. And so, you know, I was also raised in a step family as well and, you know, have the highest regard and love for my my stepdad and, and his place in my life. And so, you know, I think the first thing we can do in step families or when we are working with step families and community is to love them and accept them for exactly their unique constellation of people and, you know, past the kind of the past stories that are leading into this current family situation. Um, and to really not, uh, not be pushing step parents to feel and think in a certain way or to, or to be a certain way for us, for, you know, for the community and our expectations, but to be really in support and hear what's the honest story because It's very complex when you are joining a family midstream with children and, you know, because that the co-parenting relationship with a former spouse or partner always continues. The family is bringing in its own culture and norms and blending that with new individuals. You know, the goal is not kind of riding off into a sunset together, just kind of like what, you know, with partnering in general, the goal is not, to me, it's not a happy ending. It is... A loving and honest process of being in relationship together knowing that the goal is really that we're learning and we're experiencing life together and so what is that today and how can we how can we support that and create that as a family one day at a time and that gives once again step families and blended families a lot of permission just to show up as who they are as we shift those goals and expectations
0: right uh, my kids have a stepmom and they have a half little sister and I remember when uh, my ex-husband introduced me to the woman he was gonna marry and stuff and I just gave her this huge hug you know like welcome to this whole wonderful family you know and she's like whoa this is cool <laughs> <You know? laughs> I like this and she's a lovely woman and it's all you know it's many years later and it's all really wonderful but um, it is interesting whole process. And it's really neat that your book touches on that. And um, it's very interesting. Let's talk about, for those interested, we are talking with uh, Anna Carey Barrett. And this is the book. It's, the cover is gorgeous. And it's Shamanic Wisdom for Pregnancy and Parenthood. And there's exercises in this book. Um, Let's talk about what kinds of exercises because there's shamanic breath work and there's, um, you know, all the types of exercises that bring consciousness to one's experience but also grounding and connection. Um, let's talk about um, one that's a favorite of yours
1: in the book. Sure. Yeah, it's kind of where do we start because I really tried to develop and and pull exercises and um Different processes and ceremony as well into really every phase um, of the parenting process. And for each of these, you know, miscarriage, adoption, blended families, they all have uh, prayer and affirmation that's a part of the chapter um and also creating a lot of trying to you know create active processes for for each phase for i'm opening into fertility what does that look like how do i want to energetically work with my body and my emotions and heart as i step into that with my partner how does that shift our love making um looking at you know ceremony and process around in pregnancy bonding as a family and attuning to baby in utero as a family and how we can continue then and weave those meditative practices or or being present together in in love um, when baby then arrives and maybe recognizes that music or calms down with that essential oil that was put on the belly, for example, and now baby is here. And so looking at those um, kind of neat ways that we can support every every phase. You know something I love is art making and using art throughout pregnancy as a way to kind of step out of the thinking brain and tune into what am I intuitively feeling and knowing and, and as I'm pregnant and how can I express that bond with my baby on the page through art but also what what's the energy that's coming up or what's going on emotionally for me because one of the things that and it never goes away. It's whether it's pregnancy or parenthood or whatever, the unknown surrendering to the unknown. That's a real, that's another big theme that we really explore in the book is um, surrendering and opening to all those parts of the creative process and working with the heart. And so that's very true. Once again, you know, before I hear baby's heartbeat or before, um, before the birth and now, you know, thinking about, SIDS, for example, in the first year of life. I mean, we never really get to a finish point. It's always about opening and surrendering even more and being with, um, all, you know, all those possibilities and preparing the heart. And that's, that, that brings up a lot. And so I really try to work in a lot of different ways in every phase around supporting parents, you know, the spirit and the heart in that you mentioned, um, shamanic breath work. I adapted, um, shamanic breath work into being a prenatal form Um, so specifically and in a very gentle way just like you would see uh, with prenatal yoga having prenatal breath work using the breath using um, really dynamic music that moves through all the energy centers of the body intuitive movement energy work all of these pieces and and meditation as well woven together to support moms and birth partners and co-parents to you know consciously work with the energy and emotions in the body to shift so we can really embrace fully um, what's going on in the present and let go in a gentle way of what we've been holding and holding that stress or that fear and also also to consciously prepare for birth so that's probably you know one of my favorite things is supporting families in, in prenatal breath work because it's such a beautiful process
0: that's neat in, in talking about all this I'm remembering now back to Um, It was a long space between my first and my second children, and um, my son, oldest son, um, really wanted uh, a little sister, and he had a dream about her, and I had a dream about her, too, and the little girl, and now she's 22 now, but (laughs) she was exactly the little girl we dreamt about, and it was really interesting, and that was very... um, It helped us to welcome her into the world, I think, that we had asked for her and here she'd arrived and she was like a gift, you know, and it was really beautiful, it was very neat. So um, do you ever deal with the the dream aspects of things in your work with people?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's a really actually kind of, a there's a whole chapter around opening and expanding intuitive gifts as a parent, tuning into your mother-father essence um, as a parent and what that looks like and how there are a lot of shifts in kind of intuitive awareness as we step into parenthood and dreams are i i I spent quite a bit of time talking about different types of dreams and how those um really open us up into parenting and so you know i share a dream in the book about i mean it was really powerful i was moving backwards in my life back into childhood and met a form of my, my father in kind of a deep place and had some of those kind of classic dream things where I was losing teeth. So I knew I was getting younger. I mean, it's all these interesting, uh, things, but I did in this dream, some really deep healing around my father wound and woke up and went, wow, I cleared some really deep levels that I've never addressed through that dream. And it was while I was pregnant with my son that I did that work. You know, I also, um, my husband was having dreams about a baby boy being born, and um, we've, we've kind of known with our kids, I can really, was able to really read into their energies pretty early with what they wanted to share, and so had a sense of who they were from a very early time. And, you know, as soon as my then not even two-year-old son was hearing that, um, that he was going to become a big brother. I said, oh, I'm having a little sister, you know, first night. And he was really consistent about that. And it was yeah. true. <laughs> and she, you know, my daughter let us know before I was in pregnant with her, she said, I want to come into the body and I want to be here now. And I was still, you know, working on writing and doing various things. I actually kind of had an agreement. said, can we hold on a couple of months? And so, you know, it had been such a... Um, a longer term process becoming pregnant with my son that my husband and I said this time we don't want to try we want to just let it be and so we kind of shook hands about it and said okay so we're going to we're going to go for it and and welcome this baby says this is the timing and so we kind of allowed that to happen and, and month one there she was because she just wanted to step into the family. So this nice. little and she's it's as a baby, it's the same thing. She's so joyful, but she really lets us know what she needs and wants in a very clear way. And that's been true even before we conceived her. And so um, I, I share a lot of just kind of fun stories and exercises in the book about that intuitive way of knowing um, your children and caring for them and and, and really expanding those gifts within yourself.
0: That's neat. I love that story. I very felt with my um, third one, who's now 19. He's 19. I had him when I was 40, which is relatively old, I guess, in some ways, but lots of women are having babies in their 40s now. Um, When he was, he just wanted to join the party. He wanted to join all the fun. I could tell when he was inside of me, he's like, I can't wait to get out. We're going to have so much fun. I, this is like, so <laughs> exciting. And it was exactly, he was born in a birthing cottage, which was great. Cause it was the only one I got to do that with And uh, It was all smiles. He didn't cry at all. He's all excited. His little sister nursed ahead of him and he, we went home hours later. I mean, it was just one of those, those things. And he was just, I'm ready to do this. This is exciting. I love mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Let's keep having fun. And, uh, so it's it's really neat. Their personalities definitely come out, and
1: yeah, they show up right away. They really yeah. do. They say, "This is yeah. this is who I am." And so for me as a parent, it the process is really around celebrating and supporting that unique spirit, and not trying to have baby fit into my concept of who they're supposed to be. But you know, say, "Show me who you are," and let's partner together around um, helping you follow you know your journey in the world, whatever that is.
0: Right. Well. We have had an amazing time today talking with psycho-spiritual counselor, Anna Carriott Barrett, author of Shamanic Wisdom for Pregnancy and Parenthood. You can learn more about Anna and her work at AnnaCarriottBarrett.com. And that's A-N-N-A-C-A-R-I-A-D-B-A-R-R-E-T-T.com. Anna, I'm hoping that you can share some closing words of wisdom with us today.
1: Well, that's tall order, but I'll see what I can do. Um, You know, the, the biggest thing to me is that we are able to access our divinity the more we invest in our humanity. And so I find the greatest balance between those two, the more that I, you know, looking at the light parts of me, looking at the dark parts of me, the things that need to shift and heal, and that it's all sacred, and that the more I'm at home in myself, the more that I've created a space for my internal wisdom and my connect, connection to all that is to really dive deeply into what is sacred and what is divine and to form that partnership. And so um, I'm not trying to step out of my humanity. I'm trying to be all of who I came here to be in that authenticity, in that truth so that I can invite, invite in more and more of my sacred journey here on this planet.
0: Oh, thank you, Anna. That was really very beautiful. This has been a delight for me. I got to discuss probably my most favorite subject. (laughs) Absolutely had a great time with you today, Anna. Thank you so much for visiting with us on Spirit of the Dawn today. Thank you. Deep gratitude to Brian, Zach, and Synergy for the use of their song, Embrace the Change. I thank all of you for joining with us today. I invite you to visit spiritofthedawn.com for more inspirational stories sending love from my home to yours. I am the Indian Emissary in of Life, Caroline Wright. Thank you very much.